Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Happening, the Manhattan podcast. I'm Anna Schmidt, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Katie Hammond. And today we have with us Kate Torline, the, um, remind me your title, official title name. Photo editor. Photo editor, yeah. So Kate's a photographer and um, the photo editor with Manhattan. And today we have her on just to kind of talk about a little bit of a different perspective from Katie and I. We are both primarily writers and podcast hosts. And so Kate does a lot of different tasks than the two of us. And she has a lot of insight into a different uh, side of Manhattan. So Kate, if you want to introduce yourself, talk about where you're from, what your major is, um, and then what all being photo editor entails. Yeah. So like she said, my name's Kate Torline. I'm a senior. I'm from Wichita, Kansas, and um, I'm majoring in strategic communications and minoring in leadership studies. And yeah, this year is my first year being photo editor. And basically, um, my job is just to keep all the photographers organized, um, organize the main fashion shoots, and um, just kind of be there to help anybody out with anything they need. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my role on the team this year. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll go into our first segment that Katie and I did last um, episode, and it is just a favorite story related to Manhattan. So it could be a story you've done, a photo shoot you've done, or a favorite memory or anything like that. Yeah, I'd say my favorite memory from Manhattan would probably be um, working on the Denzel Goolsby article a couple issues ago. I was a photographer for that, and um, that was just a really cool experience because we got to shoot um, in the stadium, which was really cool. Nobody was in there. It was just us. Um, and then he actually took us through and let us see, like, the training rooms and the locker room and things like that, which was pretty awesome. So I'd say that's probably my favorite memory. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really so cool. I think it's so cool to just be able to do anything with athletics and, like, go through that process and see what they do. Yeah, it's definitely cool the opportunities you can get from Manhattan if you just basically ask and do it yourself because mm-hmm. I never thought I'd be able to do that, but... We just decided to do it and reached out to him and it all worked out. So, yeah, that's kind of what I learned with the sports piece that I did. Like I just kind of pitched in a meeting one day or we were brainstorming in a meeting one day, like what sport to do for the spring 2020 issue. And I was like, oh, or I think somebody else said, oh, women's soccer hasn't been covered recently. We've done a lot of football. We've done a lot of this, a lot of that. And I was like, oh, I have a friend from high school who's on the soccer team, I could text her and say, like, do you know anyone on the team who um, basically would have a cool story? And then, yeah, we worked on that story together, but the photos didn't end up getting to happen. But that's when I learned, like, you can totally just do whatever, I mean, not whatever story you want, but whatever interesting story you want if you find the contacts and find the way to do it. Because if you say, I'm with Manhattan, you know, a lot of people have seen the magazine around town or read a story or know someone who's been in it. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's a accredited magazine. I'll sit down with mm-hmm. them. And then 
Um, I think that that's something I didn't realize going into Manhattan is how much you make it your own, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's cool. So we'll move on to our first segment or second segment that we're going to do um, every episode, which is our good news segment. Um, Katie and I just brought some good news to the table that we want to share with our listeners. I need some good want to start katie yes so my good news is um it's about a uh, food donation company called move for hunger and um it's this guy who um his family owns a moving company and they just help people move um like from their houses when they have to move or relocate and he noticed that uh, they were in there taking their furniture items and stuff. And people leave so much stuff behind. And uh, they leave furniture behind. And, like, most of the time they leave behind all of their food. And um, he was like, all of this food is going to waste. And there's so many, like, non-perishable items that were going to waste because nobody was taking them. They were just staying in these empty houses when people left. So he started... Uh, asking people when they move, um, would you like to donate your food? And they take all of the food items and send them to, um, like, food banks and uh, shelters and um, help people, help homeless people or people that can't afford food uh, get that food. And so I thought that was super cool. Like, um, it's just kind of sweet that, like, he saw that need and he has a huge moving truck and just it's a simple question and it's something so simple that you can do. But it helps so many people. And so I thought that was a really cool story. Yeah, that's cool. Um, my piece of good news is from Good News Movement on Instagram again. Um, and it's about two like 80, like late 80s to 90 year old women. I don't know exactly how old they were. But um, when they were nine, like during childhood, they were friends. And um or they were like childhood best friends. And they were from somewhere in Germany. I'm not sure where. But um, they were separated during the Holocaust. And they both had assumed that the other had died or, you know, eventually died. I think that that was kind of the implication of the story was that they both thought the other had died in the Holocaust. And then after 80 years, um, they had like been telling their friends about the other friend um and somehow the dots got connected and like a mutual friend connected them and um yeah they got to have like a sweet reunion after 80 years of thinking the other one was dead and um they got to reunite over zoom which i thought was kind of cute um the photos of them on zoom was Mm -hmm. like cute um so yeah that was just a really cool story like um, basically to realize, honestly, that there's still these people out there who have survived the Holocaust. Um, I mean, I knew that, but this was, like, so real, you know? So, yeah, that's my piece of good news. And you can read, like, the whole story on the Good News Movement Instagram. There's a whole thing with quotes by them. Yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was. So, okay, so uh, next segment. 
are going to get to know our guest uh, back here in the corner. Um, <laughs> we are going to do some speed dating and uh, get to know her a little bit better. So I will pull up the speed date questions. Kate, let me know when you're ready. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, so where do you work? Um, I work at Manhattan in Magazine, Staley School of Leadership Studies, and I own my own business. Ooh, um, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> um, but what's your relationship status? I'm single. Uh, favorite color? Um, green. Uh, go-to fast food? Uh, Chick-fil-A. What's something spicy about you? Just something um, kind of interesting. I have a lot of jobs. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's your favorite spot in Manhattan? Probably um, the Kwanzaa. Okay, and then um, what's your dream country to visit? Uh, Greece. Um, your favorite drink? Um, Coke. A company that should sponsor you but doesn't? Um, Canon, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> Oh, okay, nice. yeah. Um, where are you from? I'm from Wichita, Kansas. Uh, your favorite music genre? Um, probably alternative. Mm-hmm. Vintage or new? Vintage. Um, three things you can't live without? Um, my dog, my camera, my phone, probably. Yeah. Uh, secret talent? Um, I really like lifting weights. I don't know if that's a talent, but... Nice. Yeah, it can be. Um, A superpower that you would want? Um, I'd probably like super strength, going on that same vein. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What's your spirit animal? Uh, A dog, maybe? Yeah, that's what I said, too. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. Summer or winter? Summer. A skill that you're working on? Graphic design. Favorite smell? Um, hmm. Campfire? Nice. And then sweet or savory? Hmm. I do have a big sweet tooth, but I'd probably say savory. Mm, Yeah, that's kind of how I am. I said savory. I love like i don't know i just love cooking and uh savory foods yeah i'm not like a candy person but i like sweets but if i'm craving something it's usually savory yeah yeah so what is the business that you own my photography business Uh uh-huh do you just do freelance like what do you primarily shoot um i'd say mostly in the past i've done like senior portraits for like high school and college um i'm trying to get more into like weddings and engagements those are my favorite engagements are probably my favorite to shoot so i've been doing more of those and booking a lot of weddings which are very stressful but Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like that would be the most stressful thing ever yeah i don't know if i could handle it (laughs) but okay since we're kind of on the vein of talking about um your photography and stuff do we want to just jump into some questions yeah yeah for sure Um, So, um, how did you originally, um, when did you first start taking photos and how did you originally get into that? Um, I'd say I've always kind of been into like taking pictures on anything, but when I was in like 
eighth grade, I think, I finally bought myself like a little Fujifilm camera and I just take pictures of like my dog and outside and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of slowly started taking pictures of my friends. And I think a big thing for me was I got an Instagram and like I'd start following people who took pictures and then I wanted to copy what they were doing. And then it just developed into me like buying new cameras and then people would ask me to take pictures for them. So it kind of just naturally came out of, I don't know, an interest in taking pictures. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Where something I've always wondered about photographers, because I um, was in newspaper in high school and got a little bit into photography, had a camera and stuff like that. And I always had trouble learning to edit my photos in a, I don't know, just a nice way. And I would watch some YouTube videos, but I think mostly I just wasn't like super, it wasn't really my thing. I couldn't get super into it. But also um, that's something I've just always been interested when I see photographers like Instagram pages or whatever websites and their photos are, are all really cohesive in their edits um, where did you pick up on those kind of skills? Um, I'd say probably from watching YouTube videos. Editing is honestly my favorite part, like one of my favorite parts of photography. So that's something that I kind of naturally wanted to learn more about. But I'd say like watching YouTube videos and then buying other people's presets that they've already made and then just like tweaking them to be my own. And then like now I have my own presets that I use and I can tweak for each photo shoot. But yeah, I'd say YouTube is always my best friend for learning learning anything new, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um So, I know you said your favorite thing to shoot is like engagement photos and stuff like that. Um tell us a little bit about like how you got into that and um like how you like realized like that's what you like to do and how do you get those jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, so um I think like my sophomore year, I had a friend who was getting engaged and she needed some pictures taken. She knew that I took pictures. I told her like I've never taken any engagement pictures before, but she trusted me enough to let me do it. And it's been something that I had kind of had my eye on, but I just never had the chance to take anyone's pictures. And this friend let me take her pictures. And it was super fun because we had like a big group of their friends that came out and we took it like um, we were on the consa when we were taking them. And so after that, it was just so much fun to see like see them interacting and the pictures I got just because they were so comfortable with each other. And it was so much more comfortable than just being with one person who's maybe a little nervous in front of the camera because they could kind of ease into it with each other. And so I just completely fell in love with it after that. And um, after taking their photos, they were kind enough to kind of, you know, refer me to some of their friends who were getting engaged. And then that just got the ball rolling and gave me some experience. But it's incredible. And I'm very glad I'm doing it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What do you do you want to continue along that vein after you graduate? You graduate in May, right? Yes. Unfortunately, I graduate in May. Yeah. Um, When I graduate, I don't want photography to be like my main thing because I think I just get sick of it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely want to keep it on the side and focus on engagements and weddings, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what you said, your major, it's strategic communications. Cool. So what do you want to do after K-State or do you have anything lined up or anything in the works? 
Um, I want to be in the Kansas City area. I want to work at an advertising agency, at least when I'm starting out, kind of in like the creative side of things, yeah. graphic design, social media, that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know exactly what I, what I want to do. That's why I want to go to an agency and kind of figure that out. But like I said, I don't want to like just fully go into my photography because I'm someone who like has a ton of different interests and I don't want, I just think I'd get sick if I was doing that one thing all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely, like, feel like the same way, like, with my job and stuff. Like, um, I can't do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I hate taking photos is because, like, I think the editing process is, like, way too tedious for me. And, like, I have a camera and I've always wanted to take photos, but then I look, I sit down at the computer to edit them and I'm like, mm, <laughs> I just, like, don't have the time for this. <laughs> That's funny because, like I said, that's my favorite yeah. part is editing them. So mm-hmm. it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you originally like hear about men happening and get into taking photos for them? So my first year, I actually went to Oklahoma State. I was not at K-State. And while I was there, I started taking pictures for their newspaper just to, like, get some extra money. And so when I came to K-State my sophomore year, I knew I wanted to continue doing that. So I started taking pictures for the Collegian. Um, And then, like, when I was in a meeting, I just saw a magazine, like, on a table or something and just asked about it, emailed the editor and just started going to meetings and taking pictures. It was kind of just a random thing, but I fell in love with it super quick. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I went to UCO in Oklahoma my freshman year. Oh, really? And then ended up <laughs> on Manhattan in two. So why did you go there or why did you transfer? Um, well, originally I went to Oklahoma State because I basically, like, I didn't really care where I went. Someone suggested I go there and I literally visited and I was like oh this sounds good and I also knew that like not a lot of people from my high school were going to be there and I thought like you know I want to get away and like yeah start this, is, this is exactly yes. why I went where I went <laughs> so I thought I wanted to start fresh and then I got there and I didn't know anyone and I was like oh mm-hmm. shoot maybe this wasn't a good idea and um I ended up like joining a sorority and it was good but it just like I knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be and so I ended up transferring here, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's so funny. That's that's funny that we were both in Oklahoma, too. Um, I went to UCO because I was, like, just basically Googling schools that I could go mm-hmm. to for that had maybe some sort of, like, Midwest Exchange scholarship so that it would be fairly affordable and um, that were close but not mm-hmm. too um, – not too close to like a bunch of other people that I would know and I thought I was just gonna be so independent and I ended up having a hard time at times because I didn't know anyone Mm -hmm. and yeah it was a tad bit isolating but K-State has been a really good place for me so yeah definitely when I first came here I I decided to transfer without ever visiting just Uh because I had a bunch of friends who were already here and literally the first year, I know it sounds so cliche, but it felt just like family right when I came. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so kind of moving back to um, like Manhattan and um, the photo editor. So uh, you kind of design and like put together like workshops and um, like help gather all the other uh, photographers for Manhattan. Can you tell us a little bit about like 
um, what that kind of entails and like what the workshops entail and how do you do that? Yeah, so I did my first workshop um, just like a week ago, I think it was, um, and it was really good. I kind of knew how it worked from going to previous ones, but I basically just message and everyone in the Manhattan group me was welcome to come and try out photography because I know that was how I got more comfortable with it was just coming to these workshops and then I worked with our style coordinator and she helped me get models and get them you know dressed up looking good and um, then I found a location we did it on top of the union parking garage and just chose a day and just had everybody come out and then we ended up going to the library um, so that we could work through some editing. And um, I also had a guest speaker, Mackenzie Smith, who um, took photos for Manhattan in like last year, I think. Um, so she talked to us about her photography business now that she's graduated. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience. And yeah. I'm hoping to do some more. Yeah, it was really cool. And like, I didn't get to go. Um, I had other things I had to do. But like, even watching back the um, guest speaker and the editing process, it was like, so cool and informational. And looking back at the photos, they turned out really mm-hmm. cool, and really good. They were really cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, can, do we have a story we can put with these and put it in the <laughs> magazine? Or at least like an online story or something. Yeah. I was really proud of my photographers. They turned out really good. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, what has been managing a team of photographers been like? Um, it's been really good. I feel blessed with the team that we have. Um I just feel like they're really energetic and excited about taking photos. It's been difficult with COVID and everything. And that's been what I've been dealing with the whole time I've been photo editor. Um, But I think it's really important to kind of give them opportunities to just get out there and shoot. Um, Because last semester I didn't get the chance to do that. And I could tell how much they appreciated doing that this semester. Just like being with other photographers and collaborating Mm -hmm. and just having that chance to practice without like any pressure really. Yeah. I was worried about, like, retention rates as far as not being able to be together, like, because I think that that's what makes people love Manhattan and, like, keep going back Mm -hmm. and stuff, is when you get to do those kind of things and be with other people and then build some relationships, too, to where you're, like, excited to go to the meeting and say hi to people and stuff rather than, you know, sit on the Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) So... I think that that's this semester has already been a little better. Like we've had the team photos, which I mean, those were kind of just individuals, Mm -hmm. but in the workshop and we had a little bowling event and I'm hoping that that is bringing people together a little. Yeah, it's felt definitely better this semester. I feel like we've adjusted because last semester was kind of a mess, but um, I, I definitely feel like we have more of a community this semester, which is nice. Yeah. Um. So if someone is going into college or um, in college and looking for maybe a hobby or something, or they're they're interested in photography, what would you say, um, what advice would you give them or tips or just your favorite part about it that might inspire them a little? I'd say honestly start with whatever you have I know there's like a lot of focus on what equipment you have and what kind of camera or the lens and stuff and I really don't think that's as important as like 
having the eye for photography. So like mm-hmm. if you just have an iPhone, you can literally, I mean, iPhones have great cameras and you can get good pictures with them. So I honestly, my biggest piece of advice would just be practicing and literally just shooting everything and anything you can. I mean, that's how I learned. I basically, I taught myself how to take photos. So um, doing that and then of course YouTube videos are always helpful and then finding friends who maybe are already interested in that and just kind of learning from them but honestly just getting out there and just shooting mm-hmm. all the time is the way you're going to grow and learn yeah yep cool well I think um is that all our questions do you have other questions for Kate I mean not really we can move on okay. to our Next segment. Yeah, we will um, just move straight into what are you wearing? Um, (laughs) So we're going to do this every week, whether we have on cool outfits or not. Last week, I think me and Katie came prepared because it was our first episode and we knew this was a segment. So we were wearing cool stuff. But Honestly, my outfit today is not too bad either, so I can start. (laughs) Um, No, I didn't mean it like that, Um, but it's not as cute as last time. Um, Today I'm wearing just a scoop neck black, like, um, button-up top. It's, like, not a t-shirt, but not really, like, a blouse or anything it's just kind of a normal shirt normal black shirt some jean shorts a little black belt and Birkenstocks and I had on my cheetah print jacket that's kind of like a little jean jacket but cheetah print instead which I feel like always kind of adds a little uh spice to my outfits and gold hoops can't forget the gold hoops. Yep. That was on my three things I can't live without. <laughs> um, that's it, I'd say. That's my outfit. Yeah. It's a cute outfit. Thanks. I like it. So today I am sporting um, a t-shirt from Stockton, Missouri. It was, uh, it was a COVID vacation. We couldn't go far, so we went to this place in the middle of nowhere. And um, it's the black walnut capital of the world. Very cool. But they're like, they had this like emporium, like little cute little coffee shop. And it, they sold like walnuts. And it was Hammond's uh, shop, oh, which cool. is like my last name. So yeah. I was like, oh, cool. So then my mom bought me a shirt. So that's the shirt I'm wearing. It's a tan t-shirt with a walnut tree on it. I'm also wearing some blue shorts from Ross. And I'm wearing knockoff Birkenstocks um, from a long time ago. I'm sporting a K-State scrunchie on my right hand. And that's it. That's my outfit. It is a warm weather, casual day. Thank God for the warm weather. Ugh. I yeah. literally hate the cold so much. So today I was like, I have to wear shorts. Like, I was so excited to wear shorts today. Last podcast episode, I literally drove here. Like, I live really close. But I drove here because it was so cold. And mm. then I parked in front of McCain. And I don't know why I just parked without thinking. Well, I was thinking, but I was just fingers <laughs> crossed. No ticket. And then I walk out and I get a little ticket. So today I was like, you know what? It's warm. 
I'm not going to drive and get another parking <laughs> ticket. So I walked here. You want to share yours, Kate? I did not come prepared for a fashion segment, but um, I am wearing a gray K-State shirt, a little t-shirt, because like we just talked about, it's very warm outside. I'm also wearing um, some pink sweatshorts from Free People, which are very comfortable, highly recommend, and some Birkenstocks as well. So we're kind of all oh, twinning. We all Birkenstocks yeah. on. Your nails are so cute, too. Thank you. They're very grown out. but Where'd you get them done? Um, I think it's called Element Nail. Here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really cute. I haven't really found, like, a great place to get my nails done here. And I love those kind of nails. They're, like, the little... It's kind of hard to describe. How would you describe them? Like, abstract? Um, yeah, they're, like, just, like, white little swirls on my fingers with a nude polish underneath. Mm-hmm. Cute. Well, I think it's time for our final segment here. We're wrapping up a little bit. Uh, We're going to bring you guys our little hot take that we have. Not sure if I'm ever one to really give a hot take. Hot take. (laughs) Because what do I really know? But we're going to talk about um, Harry and Meghan's interview with Oprah. Because that's kind of the talk of the town right now. Um, do you want to start, Katie? Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the Harry and Meghan interview? What happened? Give us a little background, and then I'll give you uh, your opinion. My take. My cool. take. Well, so Harry and Meghan Markle, obviously part of the royal family, and they recently are, like, removing themselves from the royal family. I'm not really sure in what capacity they're doing that. Do you guys know? I just know. Didn't they move to Canada? They moved out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they live... I think now they live in America. Yeah. But um, what happened was they... Basically, like, the tabloids and everyone in uh, Britain and stuff was saying... Oh, they're leaving, they're abdicating, they're completely removing themselves. Um, They've been cut off. Um, Megan and Harry said in the interview, I believe that they wanted to, uh, they didn't want to be active working members of the institution, but they wanted to like take a like smaller role, like just not have like a day to day job. But they wanted to live in one of the Commonwealth countries and, um, like, help support from there. And if the Queen needed them, they would come back. But they just didn't – they wanted to take a step back from the day-to-day, like, full-time job of being a royal. Yeah. But now I believe they've been cut off, like, they're, like, just not considered uh, working members of the royal family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that was all a lot of – drama you know a lot of stories in the news and they like a couple nights ago sat down with Oprah to talk about it all because yeah it was such a big popular topic and basically I think that so they did a portion with Megan and then brought Harry in and did a portion with the both of them and is kind of considered like a tell-all as far as the reasons that Megan maybe didn't 
feel as though she belonged in the royal family or fit in or basically didn't want to continue being a part of it in a certain capacity. And then Harry came on. They talked about uh, their baby, uh, different things like that. And, yeah, if you want to go into your opinion, it's kind of hard to talk about it without... Yeah, so, well, I don't know. I honestly, like, (laughs) I'm kind of, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, like, I'm a huge conspiracy nut. Uh And so I, I don't know, I guess my whole opinion on, like, the interview itself, um, part of me is, like, okay, but, like, they didn't tell us anything. Like, they didn't drop names. They didn't, like, but I also am, like, I'm kind of glad that she did that because it's, like, saying, you know, it wasn't about, like, hurting the royal family. It was about just getting out for her mental well-being, which I fully support. And um, I don't know. I think that, like, it was really cool. And, like, I think it was, like, it was kind of eye-opening. And it's, like, really interesting to see Harry, like, and he was so sweet. He took care of his wife and took care of her and was, like, we need to get her out of this situation because it's not good for her. And, um, like, took her away from that and helped, like, support his family in that way, which I think is, like, so amazing. And it takes a lot – I'm sure it does take a lot of courage to walk away from this royal family, you know, from generation to generation, walking away from your grandma and all this other stuff. But, like, I don't know. I also am kind of like I shouldn't really care. Like, (laughs) I've I've always been that way. I'm always, like – what? Why do people care so much yeah. about the royal family? First of all, that's probably part of the reason that the royal family is obsessed with their image to a point where they disregard people's well-being is because people talk about it like a hobby. Yeah. And I'm like... <sighs> like they're there in it and they like feel like they need to have an opinion on yeah. like people's lives like that. And it's like... I don't know. I'm just like, why? <laughs> yeah. And at this point, as far as I know... You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. The institution or the royal family is basically just like it's kind of arbitrary at this point. They're not like the actual it's not like the queen is the actual decision maker of all of the things happening. Um, But they're more figureheads and like Mm -hmm. the image of the country. And so I'm like. It all seems a little weird to be following, but I still do because I like drama. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my take on it was kind of what I had just said as far as eh, who really cares. But also, um, I will say that it was a little bit sad to hear um, a lot of the things she was saying and just kind of made me think about how institutions that have been really kind of stuck in the model that they were created in hundreds of years ago can have a hard time growing with the times. And it seems like maybe this royal family has had a hard time getting out of the traditional beliefs of the institution and that really hurts people within it um, as far as mental wellness and just inclusivity and things like that go. So that made me 
sad, and I definitely sympathized and empathized with Meghan Markle, but I will say that interview felt a little bit rehearsed, like the way that Meghan talks, does it yeah. not? Like, yeah. she just sounds so... She's, she sounds very, like... She sounds kind of raw, like she sounds very yeah. raised and like put together, and none of this is like scaring her and stuff. But I think she should be scared. Like <laughs> <laughs> we we see what happened to Diana. Um, I mean, <laughs> okay, literally, I I shouldn't even because I will like. Do you watch The Crown? This. I need to. You I like, should. I have. I started. I got really deep dived into this like TikTok like person who like says that she's seen Diana like but older and like she thinks Diana's alive, and um, I am like yeah like I believe you. I know she's alive, but I'm also like Katie like chill. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm such like I. Get... I heard that the Crown is really good. I'm yeah. yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I've been watching it since it came out, and yeah. this past season was like all about Diana. So it's interesting to kind of see the contrast between you know what happened with her and then what is happening with Megan mm-hmm. and how and Harry how like, he's mm-hmm. kind of trying to protect her maybe more. Yeah. So then Diana was protected. So I think it's kind of interesting. But yeah. that is yeah. Yeah, and I just know I would get, like, way too obsessed with it, and, like, I'd get way too... <laughs> I just... I need to, like, give myself time to do other things, uh-huh. so I haven't started watching The Crown yet, but I know I probably will. But, yeah, and, like... But going back to, like, what you said, yeah, Megan, she sounded so rehearsed and, like, so put together and stuff, but I don't know. I think... I think maybe a little bit of it, too, was, like, putting up a guard, and, like, I think that, like... She was probably just trying to, like, not drop names, not, like, say anything too, like, bad. And, like, mm-hmm. because I'm sure she is, like, concerned for her safety. Yeah. And so, like, I think a lot of it is probably le- rehearsed and, like, put together. Um, And, like, her and Oprah are, like, neighbors. So um, they've probably talked about it before. So, like, that could also be, like, why it sounds so rehearsed is because she's told Oprah about it, like, before. hmm But I also feel like, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing, like, had a weird, like, air to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. the way she was speaking, there's this part where she was, like, um, she was, like, and I watched, I, it was some princess movie, and she said... And I realized when she married the prince, she lost her voice. And the then, mermaid. yeah, the little mermaid. <laughs> and then she goes, but then she got it back. And it was just so weird. Like yeah. it was, it was so awkward. And she, I don't know. I guess I just kind of find myself straying away or like keeping a distance from content that feels kind of fake or kind of rehearsed Mm -hmm. and so for me it's it was just kind of like cringe in a way but I I also felt I felt on her side but I just felt a little cringe I think the most authentic part of the whole thing was when when Harry came in and Mm -hmm. he's like yeah this is my family and like you know this was what happened or whatever but like he also didn't talk a lot about, like, some of the things that she did. Like, for instance, I feel like, um, 
when she was talking about Archie, her son, and how there was conversations about how dark his skin would be when uh, he came out, um, like, it was kind of, like, just weird because Oprah was like, what? And then she's like... That, that was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. was <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Like, that's weird. Yeah. And, like, Oprah just kept going, what? What? Yeah. And then Megan was just, like, like, nodding her head and, like, blinking, and she was like... There was conversations, and Sue was like, so who said that to you? And then yeah. she was like, well, it was a conversation between Harry and uh-huh. the institution. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, but you weren't there. Like, you know, and then they, like, tried to talk about it with Harry, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it didn't get covered as well with Harry, and he kind of just, like... Yeah. I feel like if Harry was the one that had the conversation about, like, the race issue, like, he should have, like had, like, a deep conversation with Oprah about it, like, that should have been so much more covered, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was a little brushed over. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, weird to me because I feel like, especially, like, for the times we're in now, like, why would you just blow past something like that? That's a serious accusation to put on someone. Yeah. I think it could have been for the reason that you were talking about earlier, which was, yeah. like, safety. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah. Anything else to say about that one, anyone? I don't think so. Cool. Well, that kind of wraps up our episode. If our listeners have any questions for us, any topics you want us to give our little hot takes on, any suggestions at all, guest suggestions, um, be sure to tweet at us, Instagram, comment, or message us. Or you can also reach us on Facebook. All of those are at Manhattan Magazine. And yeah, those are the platforms, right? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yep. Cool. And thanks so much for tuning in today. And thank you, Kate, for coming on. Thanks for having me. See you guys next week.